0: Welcome in, everyone, to a fabulous new episode of Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We are excited to welcome on a fellow podcast onto our show, and join us to talk to us about it today. We have the co-host, executive producer, and script writer, Arian Misho. The show is presented by the Conference for Research on Choreographic Interfaces, and it's called... Dances with Robots. It launched on November 14th, and you can find it and more information about it by visiting danceswithrobots.org slash podcasts. This is another exciting opportunity to jump into the world of dance and explore more about it. And so we are excited to welcome on our guests. Arian, welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you for having me today.
0: I'm excited to be speaking with you today, podcaster to podcaster, but more importantly, I'm excited because i have you know, me personally, I'm being put onto a podcast about dance, about the world of dance. And so this is so exciting. So could we start first by having you tell us a little bit about what your podcast, Dances with Robots, is about?
1: Yes. So the title gives it away a little bit, Dances with Robots. And that's something that myself and our host, Sydney Skybetter, has been working on for quite a while at Brown University, which is where we're based. But the podcast itself is actually so much more than just talking about the work that we do. And it's actually so much more than talking just about dance. And it's, it's really about the opportunities and the risks of working with emerging technologies, especially for artists, especially for dancers and and theater artists as well. And what does it look like for artists to be working in a world that is increasingly surrounded by future technologies? What are the risks of, of that work? What can we do to make that world better or more inclusive or how do we as experts on bodies and movement how does our embodied knowledge really factor into you know our our future
0: that is fascinating and a very important topic to be discussing right now so what was the antithesis that inspired you i guess you all to start this show
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, I've been joking about this forever. I, as a newbie podcaster have been obsessed with podcasts for pretty much ever. I had a roommate in college who like turned me on to it. I'd never heard of a podcast and she was like, what, you don't listen to podcasts? Like, and I, you know, so I got really into the world of podcasting and I actually even, you know, I dreamt of working on podcasts for years and as like a, a student with a BFA in dance had no prerequisites, not enough experience to really work in podcasting at all. I used to check, like I used to go on like Radio Lab and, and see if like I could do an internship after, again, my BFA in dance. And I realized very quickly I was unqualified. So I had been dreaming about working on a podcast forever, but it wasn't until the pandemic, actually, the pandemic moment when the, the conference for research on choreographic interfaces, which is Circe for short Circe, you know, we hosted our last conference in March of 2020. And then the world shut down and so for for a number of years, we weren't able to gather our community. We weren't able to continue these conversations around arts and technology. And so, kind of a running joke that I had going about starting a podcast became a serious endeavor and a reality. And so we started applying for grants. We applied for for, you know, as as artists did during that time, we were kind of just like throwing ideas out there and applying for grants wherever we could find them or, or trying to figure out where we were going next. And, The Sloan Foundation actually responded to us and said, we're really interested in funding this project. And that's when I went, oh, oh, shoot, (laughs) I need to learn how to podcast now. (laughs) Like it was a total dream. And now, oh, my goodness, I need to figure out how to do this. That
0: is amazing. Oh, wow. So kind of building on that, what has it been like developing your show?
1: Well, it's been in the works for almost two years now. So we received the grant notification, and we started planning. And so what that looked like originally is really gathering our community again. So we did over 40 interviews with artists, specifically dancers, choreographers, theater artists, and technologists. And we gathered a bunch of information. And then the script writing started. And we tried a number of different things. I'm sure this is how it was for you at the beginning. Like, Trial and error, a lot of things going wrong, recordings going missing. I'm pretty sure in my first recording ever, my interviewee told me I didn't have the mic on, which was like the most embarrassing. I was like, oh, good. We're off to a great start. But over time, these interviews got better. We got better at scripting some of these interviews and also asking the right questions. And then I would kind of go into work mode and, and script each individual episode to kind of give an arc a storyline. And so we've been doing that for almost two years. And I have to say, we also have a phenomenal team behind this work. There's no way I could have done this alone. The first thing I did was hire other people to help me do this. And so we have Jim Moses at Brown University and Andrew Zukowski, who is an alumni from Brown, who helped us with the sound design and mixing and editing. And Megan Hall, who's also at Brown and part of the Providence community, was a fantastic consultant. I could not have done it without her. We had a student associate, Rashika Kartik, our archivist, Kate Gao and of course our our host our primary host Sydney Skybetter so bringing that team together was part of the crucial work to make this actually happen I just I almost forgot our consultant our accessibility consultant Laurel Lawson
0: yes accessibility consultant so with this great show you have dances with robots and all the things you're addressing and talking about is there a message or a thought you're hoping that your listeners and audience take away from your show
1: Yeah, there are a few things we're thinking about. I mean, the first thing, we knew that this show would be of interest to artists and specifically a dance audience. And we wanted to showcase what the dance community, the dance world has been doing with emerging technology. I think in some areas of the dance field specifically, we felt as a community, I felt as a producer that, you know, we're a bit behind, that we're kind of pushing technology to the side and kind of ignoring it and saying it's not there or like, what do we do with it? And we wanted people to understand how exactly artists and producers and technologists are engaging right now with emerging technology. What are the, how are they creating meaningful work, right? How are they creating theater and dance performances that are meaningful, that, that tell a story, but that also engage with what the future might look like. And we also were hoping to just reach a larger audience in general. So we came from a very small, academic conference at Brown University. And one of the main reasons we decided to move forward with this this podcast was how, how do we expand our community and how do we start these conversations outside of academia? That was really one of the most important goals to me is like, how do we actually bring more people into this conversation? How do we find out more about the people that are doing this work that we don't know of yet? And so we're hoping that this brings in more of a community that people, can continue to work together in the ways that they have at Brown university and the ways that we're showcasing. And we hope to hear about more of those stories as we go.
0: That is super. I love that. And I want to build on that into my final question, which is who do you hope have access to your podcast?
1: Oh gosh. People have been asking us that since the very beginning and we have not had a solid answer, except for saying a general audience. I mean, I think we're really curious to see who's actually interested in this stuff. Like my default was always, you know, I have always asked myself, even as I'm doing this, this work even as i'm producing this work like why is dance important and i think that's something maybe that i've been taught as a dancer and that's something we kind of cover in some of the first episodes is like as dancers you know we've been taught that there's this starving artist mentality that we're you know we don't have agency a lot of us grow up in these spaces where we're not given a lot of power and control like we're really just like complicit in the spaces that we're in and so one of the questions I've always had is like, why do people care? Like, why do people care what's happening with dance? Like I care, but why do other people have to care? Why why, why dance? And that's a question that we've been asked since the very beginning of the conference for research on choreographic interfaces. Like why does choreography matter when it comes to emerging technology? And I, I think that what we do with this podcast is we actually answer that question is we tell you why it matters. Like, oh, by the way, one of the most famous dance dancers from like the 1940s Rudolf von Laban who we all know is like the creator of Laban notation which is not used by dancers was also working with the Nazis like what does that mean that we're not taught some of these pieces of history and what what does that mean about the work that we do moving forward?
0: Second part of the interview, we'd love to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests a little bit more, pick your brain, if you will. And I would love to start by asking you our regular first question on our second half, which is what or who inspires you? What playwrights, composers, or shows in the past have inspired you? Or since we are dealing with the world of dance, what, you know, dancers or choreographers as well have inspired you or just some of your favorites?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. In terms of dancers that that inspire me, you know, I grew up in Canada, in Ottawa, Canada, at a time where not a lot of dancers that were around me were kind of going into, they weren't like going to New York to pursue a career in dance. You know, like you kind of finished your your, I don't know, like your dance training, your dance competition years, and you kind of, you you went to university. And so, you know, as a young dancer, I think I was influenced by a lot of the major dance companies that that we know of, Pina Bausch, Bill T. Jones was on that list for me. Those major companies that, you know, were, were kind of a dream, unattainable dream in some ways, or in my eyes were unattainable. So those were kind of like my early influences. These days, I have to say that most of the people that we have interviewed for this first season of the podcast are honestly some of my heroes as someone who again received a BFA in dance I had not seen a lot of people I had a lot of questions about what the future of my field looked like like leaving you know my last year of college I remember being like I'm not going to get into a ballet company at this point it's too late there I was looking at the field and going there's not a lot of jobs in dance right now like I'm not seeing full-time gigs as a modern dance dancer in New York. And how do we move forward? And so a lot of the people that we've interviewed are really those heroes for me. And some, some folks who we haven't interviewed this season that we've worked with in the past, Kate Ladenheim comes to mind here. Um, Raja Feather Kelly is interviewed on the podcast. Kamal Sinclair, our archivist and web designer, Kate Gao is phenomenal. I love her. Her work is fantastic. So all of these people have actually turned into my heroes over time because they're answering a lot of the questions that I had about my field, that I've had about my field for the last decade.
0: That is a really fantastic answer. Well, I do want to know. I know you've been, it sounds like you've been very busy. I mean, the pop well, you have been very busy. The podcast just launched on the 14th, but have you had the chance to see any great shows lately that you might be able to recommend to our
1: listeners? So you are correct that I've been very busy and really honestly stuck at my computer for like hours a day to just make sure this thing comes out. But I will say I try really hard to support the local community. I'm based in Providence, Rhode Island. So I love to support Trinity Rep, which is here. And they did a fantastic version of Sweeney Todd during their last season. I thought it was so funny. I loved it. It's also one of my favorite musicals. I've loved it since I was a kid. So I try to follow their work in theater specifically. And I also want to give a shout out to the Brown Arts Institute at Brown University. They have a new performing arts center, which just launched and they have a fantastic inaugural season. So if people are in the area, they should definitely check that out.
0: Great recommendations. Loving that. Ariane, what is your favorite part about working in the performing arts?
1: Yeah, I mean that answer has changed so much in the last few years, right? Like podcasting was a way for me to stay in the performing arts in a lot in a lot of ways. And I that's your story too. I lost most of my work. At the very beginning of the pandemic, like most people, I was living in New York, I was producing a bunch of shows, I was living kind of the best life that I had always envisioned. And I lost all of that really within a day. So I have to say that that answer has changed over time. But if I'm thinking back to the moments before the pandemic, I mean, my, my favorite part was was always just like the hustle of it, bringing people together. I used to produce for Dance Now NYC, which produced the festival at Joe's Pub every year. And that was like my favorite experience ever. Joe's Pub is a phenomenal small venue that created such an amazing challenge for the dancers on this tiny stage and I just loved running around and helping the artists and being in it right as someone on the back end just supporting everyone and so I think that's my favorite part is just like the hustle of it which has transferred to a kind of digital hustle for the time being but I really hope to be back in that space soon. That is
0: a terrific answer I love that and yes we, we have found ourselves in the same boat together. And I completely agree with that. And that leads us to my favorite question to ask us, which is what is your favorite theater memory?
1: You know, part of it, I, I would say Joe's Pub was a big one for me. Like just working in the theater at that point. I'm going to actually go with a bad memory, which is still my favorite because I learned so much from it. I was working in Boston and I was hired to like support a show. I can't remember the venue, but I was, I was like working for this dance company and the same venue asked me, can you do lighting design for like this other show that happens in between your show? And I was like, you know, I can't, I, I'm not a lighting designer. I, I don't think I'm the right person. And they were like, we don't, we can't find anyone. We're just going to teach you how to use the board and you're going to do it. And It was one of the most horrifying weekends of my life, if I'm being honest. Like, I failed miserably at lighting the show. I was not good at it, and I made a mistake, and the lights went out in the middle of the show, and a dancer yelled at me. But it's also, like, the lowest I've been in producing, and I learned so much from it. And I have only grown from there. I think, like, every time now in producing spaces and theaters and even with this podcast, I have always asked myself, like, it, it or I, I say to myself it will it can't be as bad as that time I tried to light a show by myself <laughs> like it, it can't be as bad as that moment and so you know I see everything as a learning opportunity and that was a tremendous one I learned very quickly to say no after that
0: that is a wonderful bad memory but also a yeah. great memory in the sense of how much you learned I love that I love that that moral that message i guess that's a beautiful thing so thank you for sharing that with us oh you're welcome are there any other projects or productions that you have coming on the pipeline we might be able to plug for you
1: i mean it's really just this podcast but i have to say we're already getting excited about season two which if i can use a theater reference without giving away too much about the second season we are trying to defy gravity in season two That's all I'm going to say, but we're working on that. And we're also working on bringing back our conference. So part of that is bringing back our community at Brown University and we're continuing our work at Brown University. So you'll hear about that through the podcast. We're continuing and specifically Sydney, our main host is continuing our work in specifically working with robots and dancing with robots and figuring out what that means to the dance community, to the tech community. So we're continuing that work at Brown. It's part research. We have some videos online, the podcast, obviously. We're we're continuing to expand that conversation about what it means for dancers to be involved in the future of technology, which really is at this point robotics.
0: That is so exciting. And that is a good lead into my final question, which is if our listeners would like more information about Dances with Robots or about you, maybe they'd like to reach out to you. How can they do so?
1: Yeah, absolutely. We've got a website, www.danceswithrobots.org. We also have a phenomenal archive that is linked to the podcast on ARENA. So that's are.na slash choreographic interfaces. You can learn a lot about Searcy, our community, and the podcast there. And if you want to reach out to us or to me specifically, you can email us at info at org.
0: Wonderful. Well, Arian, thank you so, so much for taking the time to speak with me today and sharing this incredible podcast. I cannot wait to tune in and to hear more about this fascinating topic and about this fascinating world that you're sharing and I'm so excited for season two. Oh, my gosh. I will be waiting on bated breath. So thank you for your time today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. My guest today has been the
0: co-host, executive producer, and script writer, Arian Misho, who's part of Circe's presentation of the podcast, Dances with Robots. It just launched on November 14th, and you can find it and more information about it by visiting danceswithrobots.org slash podcasts. We also have some more information on how to find them, contact them and whatnot that we'll be posting on our episode description, as well as on our social media posts. But you need to be listening to this fascinating podcast. I know we're going to be tuning in. I think we just found our new Subway podcast. So make sure you tune in to Dances with Robots.
1: If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe.
0: You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at StageWhisperPod.
1: And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at StageWhisperPod at gmail.com.
0: And be sure to check out our brand new website for all things Stage Whisper and theater. You'll be able to find merchandise, tours, tickets, and more. Simply visit StageWhisperPod.com.